0: Good evening, America. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope you all are doing well as we are uh, coming to you live again here tonight on this Wednesday night, October 13th, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday, October 13th. Don't know what it is about that day 13, but it is damage day. So at least there's something to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you that for sure. Hope you guys are doing well tonight. I'm your host, Mr. C, here for another edition of The C Report, and uh, we are live at the foxhole.app, at pill.net, at twitch.tv, and at the Cloud Hub tonight. Noticed I've been getting, um, you know... A few more, uh, a few more spectators over there at the uh, good old Clout Hub. Heck, I wouldn't call them spectators. I guess I would call them audience members. So thank you all for tuning in over there at uh, Clout Hub. If I get on it, I will. Uh, I will see about occupying the. Uh, well, they have like, um, you know, chat boxes now over there? I guess apparently they didn't have those there before, but they do now. So hey, cool. I don't know. We'll see what's up with that. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, doing great on this Wednesday evening. Got a lot of stuff going on here at the old homestead. And uh, prepping a lot of other stuff tonight, too. Um, I uh, spent the afternoon actually putting together my letter. My um, my letter of concern, my demand, I should say, perhaps, um, about... Uh, Hold on, what is going on here? About what's going on with the audit in Texas, guys. So uh, I was uh, hanging out, um, what was this, uh, during the Trump rally, the Save America First rally, ladies and gentlemen. And um, yeah, it was, uh, let me tell you, talking with some of the friends in there and then who uh, was good old Miss Skeeter Burke, I think. I think, I think we're going to try and collaborate on something, but I spent the afternoon, spent the afternoon, uh, drafting my letter of concern about the forensic audit because sometimes a phone call is just not enough and, uh, we'll see how it goes. But, um, once I get it all nice and good and good together, probably, uh, probably will qualify as like a template kind of letter for uh, any uh, friends here in Texas. Now, Skeeter Burke is in Texas also. Actually, she's not too, too, too far away from where I am. She's uh, hanging out around there in the area that is uh, just uh, north of South Central Texas. (laughs) But anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, The point is, uh, yeah, talking about um, uh, possibly uh, using that for distribution so uh, other people can uh, send it on to their, can send it on to their, you know, representatives and senators, because I'm telling you, with this uh, forensic audit that's happening in Texas, it's not a forensic audit. I don't know how much I'm going to have to stress this point, but it is not what we're looking for. Um, I mean, I'm still in the first draft. I mean, I don't mind sharing it. But, uh, you know, some of the finer points being that we have to have a canvas now, even though a canvas was not officially a part of the Maricopa County 2020 election audit that took place over there in Phoenix, you know, even though uh, the the canvas was not officially part of it, even though the canvas had initially been uh, scheduled to take place during the forensic audits held there by the uh, cyber ninjas and their, uh, their crew. The forensic audit was done independently, totally independently, you know, quite admire the uh, gusto and the drive and uh, the enthusiasm that um, representative over there had in order to get that accomplished. And, you know, Texas is a big state. But uh, they're only going to be auditing four counties. I mean, come on. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) I don't see why on earth they cannot do it. They have to do a canvas. It has to be done. There's no way. You know, uh, first of all, in the uh, first phase of Texas's supposed full forensic audit, and keep in mind, The person who's running this audit is an an acting Secretary of State little, uh, what is his name? Jose something. But he's been the acting Secretary of State in betwixt Secretaries of State for at least three Secretaries of State, if you catch my drift. Now, I don't know if this whole broken Secretaries of State Texas thing is a ploy to um, um, not hold treasonous rhino bastards who are inhabiting the Texas state body, if this uh, broken Secretary of State door is uh, is just so that uh, they can go on being held unaccountable, or if it's uh, so that uh, the state of Texas can prevent a snake Secretary of State from infecting the office for too long, I, I'm, I'm pretty much caught. On where I stand on that side of the line, talk about uh, first world problems, right? Yeah, uh, is my Secretary of State office? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? It's a proud, it's a proud first world problem to have. Okay, <laughs> how many people are thinking about why their Secretary of State's office seems broken when you've had? 48 governors of your state since its statehood in these United States of America. And you've had 113 secretaries of state whom according to the Texas constitution should, in fact, there should be one secretary of state per governor's term, at least, I don't know. That's what it says, okay? That's what it says, you know? <laughs> so Abbott is the uh, Abbott is the 48th governor. Now, even if like, say a governor serves, you know, several terms, you know, (laughs) and they have one secretary of state for like, what, three terms or something more than two, you know, I I could get that, I guess. But uh, uh, we've seen over the course of the last two decades, an average of uh, two secretaries of state per term. (laughs) That doesn't seem fixed to me, at least when it averages out that way. So that's something to be concerned about. So, yeah, I was thinking about that today. And uh, I told Skeeter Burke that I was gonna, I was going to draft a letter that we could all send to our Texas representatives and senators, or wherever you will, if you'd like to. So uh, that's what I was doing this afternoon, prior to the show, prior to dinner. Uh, It's pretty much done. Um, I just need to, like, you know, uh, you know, tweak it here and there so it's a little bit more professional sounding. And then me and Skeeter Burke will figure out something. Uh, Two Rivers actually had recommended, and actually I find this to be quite a good idea, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, the free fax websites, websites where you can fax your representatives and elected officials for free. And you know what I thought? I thought a fax would be far more effective than a letter or than an email. And let me tell you why. The reason why I think that is, is because obviously if you send an email it, it's, 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 it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like downloadable music versus uh, compact discs and vinyl, you got it in your hand, you know, you can really appreciate the, uh, the art that's being put into that vinyl album or that compact disc. Um, which doesn't account for anything these days, quite honestly, because, uh, most of the artists in the industry don't have the talents to really merit something that you can hold in your hands. I mean, would you consider that a fair, a fair analogy there? So, yeah. So anyways, so I figure if you send an email, not only does it already lack any kind of like, you know, palpable value, <laughs> it can be ignored. You know, it's so conveniently held there on their like, you know, computer desktop system. It doesn't really take up much mind at all. Not much mind space, not much deck space, nothing. Another thing about the snail mail is it is a little inconvenient, you know, in this modern day and age, you know, to go and uh, walk over to the uh, post box or perhaps drive in your uh, convenient car down to the post office and mail that letter after securing stamps that you purchased at another place at another time entirely, just for that moment to mail that letter, which it does still have its charm, but a fax, ladies and gentlemen, that you can send from your um, comfort of your own home, (laughs) From the comfort of your own home, right, and uh, and you know, and not have to get up, and it's free, and you don't have to like you know uh, use any of your own resources. Now that's not to sound selfish of one's own resources, but why not just you know um, um, uh, cut the line a little where you can? I don't see anything wrong with that at all whatsoever. Um, and then you get on this fax, right? You do this free faxing and you contact your elected officials. What an idea. Well, you know, I think I said, I think this is like the third time I've run by this in the, in the place that we are today, um, with the amount of, um, of, of people out there who are awake to what's going on, the amount of people waking up. It's like it's like order of operations, perhaps uh, standard procedures on humanity and the oversoul or the mass consciousness that we all seem to share at some points in our life is that uh, there's a whole bunch of sleeping people that need to wake up. There's a whole bunch of awake people that need to get active and there's a whole bunch of active people that need to run for office yeah I've said that before you might remember it if you've tuned in a couple of times over here at the C report but faxes ladies and gentlemen was the entire point of that faxes I need to fax someone a Scottish man once said but let me tell you something for sure uh, comfort of your home don't use your own uh, you know your own materials in other words you know, in other words you're you're being a good little Greta. <laughs> and you're not wasting paper and stamps and ink and, and uh, industry, you know, uh, money. Uh-huh. But, uh, but man, their office all of a sudden is just bombarded by a bunch of faxes, fax after fax after fax. <laughs> and they're all of letters, same letters. Now, I would probably say hands down that the most effective letter ever in all of humanity is the handwritten one. Because you cannot, you know, you cannot cop out on the uniqueness of each and every single handwritten letter as a verification of the uh, individual and unique soul that expressed that thought. Um, it's much easier not to believe it whenever it's uh, printed or something like that, but it's typed out, etc. Don't matter though. The point is, the name is on the letter. The name is on the head. The stationery. Uh, and it's being sent to the representative. So anyways, anyways, long story short, too late. Yeah, I was working on that letter all afternoon and then uh, dipped in today's report. and it's it's quite actually quite actually uh, congruent to uh, what we'll be talking about today. Um we have a uh, we have uh, we have an America first show tonight for you guys, just you know, just to put it out there, you know. Uh, and International Day is coming. I promise you, we've got some stories for International Day. Oh, I know you'll be excited. But uh, as for tonight, what do we got? October 13th, Wednesday, Sandwich Day 2021. All right, what are we looking at here? Ah, oh, a few, a few, a little bit of highlight from the Michigan Forensic Audit Rally uh, that took place yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Now, um, this uh, was the rally that was announced by um, President Trump during the Save America Rally this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, they had a pretty good turnout. They had some good speakers. We'll play a couple of short clips from that. And, you know, also President Trump had a few words to say fun stuff and also uh, more audit rally. Oh no, election audit fever updates. Where are we seeing more election audits updates tonight? We'll talk about Florida. We've talked a little bit about Texas. I might have a few more things to say about Texas. Uh, we'll talk about Maryland. I don't need to remind you guys about Delaware. I should have looked that one up, but you know, that one's funny, right? We'll talk about Michigan very very interesting uh, turn of events in Michigan now this story that I have for you guys on Michigan tonight does relate to election integrity and election audits uh, but it's a very I, I I found it to be quite an interesting uh, turn of events a little inside baseball a little one of those like moments that you sometimes see in the Patriot movement. And uh, the kind of thing that you just have to kind of laugh at in the end, um, lest ye take it far too seriously, and then perhaps the point would be missed. And uh, what else do we have? Is that all we have by election updates? Uh, a little bit about Arizona, a little bit. of We got to throw Arizona out there. In fact, as I say that, I just realized I forgot to pull up something on Arizona. We'll see. I'll get it up. I didn't need to say that. I didn't need to break the magic. <laughs> And uh, let's see here. We also have a little bit to talk about with the Southwestern Airlines or Southwest Airlines. I don't know what the official name is. All I know is that's the airline that I prefer to use. And they are currently on strike, at least uh, where we left off before we got on air. They were still on strike. (laughs) And it seems like they might be doubling down a little bit as well. So uh, we'll see where that lands us next week. And we got some more headlines after that for you all. I'm not going to spoil the bunch. Tonight's going to be a bit of a little bit of a sandwich random. What would you call that? A BLT of news nights? Nope, that's too predictable, right? Maybe uh, some kind of club. A club you've never heard before with a bunch of different seasons and flavors of meat. Mmm. Yep. Sounds delicious. Thanks for joining us. If you're hanging out over there at Twitch, clout hub, the pill.net or the foxhole.app. See you hanging out over there. Miss Deplora Laura. Good evening. How are you? Diversity higher. Good evening. Just be good to see you. Sherry Pittsburgh Tombstone. Glad to have you with us. Tombstone says still can't get Arizona to come clean on the audit. Ooh, boy, let me tell you what. I mean, the, these are the times that try men's souls, my friend. Most definitely. Gotta get that. You're right, you know. We, we do have a letter from A.G. Bernovich that we'll share with you guys tonight. It's dated by about, I don't know, maybe three days. But the point of the matter is, it exists. And that is a good thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, to Wendy Rogers' point... I want to see arrests. What the heck are they waiting for? Right? Mitradate's in the house. Hey, Mitradate, uh, did you send my love over to Magadon? <laughs> San Antonio Spurs coach. Oh, Mitradate. Don't even go there with Greg Popovich. I cannot stand that man. You know, everyone really used to love Greg Popovich, but what we probably should have realized about him back then and in the day is that uh, he was the uh, he was the black hat corporate shill sellout. He was the uh, critical race theory, gender bender, you know, uh, freaking uh, communist sympathizer that uh, we always feared and never knew. No wonder San Antonio got a dynasty after Popovich got in. Oh, it was all rigged. That's why those guys didn't deserve shit. Oh, whoops, excuse me. <laughs> my bad. Uh, sorry, that kind of language is usually reserved for in the dark. Uh, so now I'm going to get an adult rating on my podcast for tonight's episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope y'all are as happy as I am. Anyways, let's see what uh, Mitradate had to say about Greg Popovich. San Antonio Spurs coach compares Columbus Day to giving honor to Hitler. Sounds like Greg Popovich. (laughs) Sounds exactly like the fool. He says, odd, since he spent nine years in the Air Force, is he a war criminal? No, uh, I think I already answered that question, (laughs) Mitridate. Quite honestly, I think I already answered that question. He's not a war criminal, he's a woke criminal. (laughs) That's what he is. Oh, Greg Popovich is woke. He's woke right up there with uh Victoria Millie. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Good evening, Pilled by the Rabbit. Good to see ya. Howdy all I'm a working in a working and a lurkin or just a working in a saying hello. Either way, good evening and good to see you pilled by the rabbit and Sergeant Sparky. You enjoy that dinner, my friend. Enjoy that dinner. Hope this ear candy is appetizing. Oh, he's like, I'm no, just kidding, <laughs> Mr. C. Why'd you have to go and ruin my dinner? <laughs> oh well, it's it's the thing to be, Miss Deplorable. Laura, and I am just glad to have you chilling out in the audience with us, as well as everyone joining us tonight, as we get into. This evening, C-Report. That's right. That's right. And uh, before we get going, don't forget, we also do air our uh, show podcast style, <laughs> where you can check out the C-Report um, with uh, these daily reports uh, and also Lone Star News over at the podcast side of the platform. Just want to uh, say that before we get underway, you can check it out at anchor.fm slash the Sea report Easy enough. And uh, you can also check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Whatever it is, I'm not going to judge. As long as it's not iHeartRadio, because they don't carry us at iHeartRadio. Uh, yeah, check it out. Helps the show. All right. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen, because as always, we do have some President Trump news to open the show. Well... Let's see, do we have news, news on Trump today? News, news, there's some news, news about Trump. Uh, not today, we'll save it for tomorrow. But uh, we do have for a fact, some statements from President Trump. Now uh, let's see what we got going today. He was pretty active today and uh, you know, yesterday, uh, dropping some pretty heavy meaty uh, statements for everyone to kind of chew on for a bit. Uh, And chew indeed we will. Let us see what we got in our first statement from President Trump. It says this, here we go again. After a very long wait, a judge in Georgia refuses to let us look at the ballots, which I have little doubt are terrible. This whole situation is a disgrace to our country. Why can't the public see the ballots? Our country is going to hell and we are not allowed transparency even in our elections. The people of Georgia deserve to know the truth. So unfair to them and our country. The fight continues. We will never give up. Our elections are so corrupt and nobody wants to do anything about it. I'm telling you guys, uh, the Trump voice impersonator would be so cool if he would read these statements for me. (laughs) It would be so cool if he'd read these statements for me. Uh, We just talked about Georgia yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, don't you remember? I know you remember. And uh, yeah, uh, precisely this lawfare. Now, Judge Amaro, the judge uh, that's um, overseeing this particular matter in Georgia, He has, uh, he has seemed to push back and push back and push back. I get it. That is the absolute, um, you know, uh, tactic that some lawyers will use for whatever the purpose is. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But geez, I mean, at least, at least we get to see this and what it looks like in person, right? I mean, you hear about it, but to hear about it, you know, in action. Now this case We've been following since about April <laughs> and here we are in October and uh, yeah, it, it is once again, gotten pushed back, right? That's why president Trump made this statement. He's trying to call attention to it, call attention to it, fair president, call attention to it. Let everyone be like, what the heck is going on over in Georgia? And why is uh, Bradford, little secretary of snakes, Bradford absconding? His, uh, you know, his duties as the Secretary of State. And, and and why can't the people of Texas see the ballots either? I don't understand. How can that be a full forensic audit if we cannot see the ballots? Are you guys fools? Oh my goodness, you know, I'm not talking about you guys, obviously. I'm talking about them. Yeah, the, the, the elected officials of Texas, mm-hmm. and the general population. Next statement from President Trump. Big rally in Michigan yesterday. Unbelievable spirit and knowledge of what went on with respect to voting and vote counting in the 2020 presidential election. Detroit considered for many years to be one of the most corrupt places in the United States for elections and many other things. Had large scale irregularities, so much so that two officials at great risk to themselves and their families refused to certify the results and were sadly threatened. Wasn't it a fact that aside from other things, there were far more votes than voters? Even the rhinos on the Senate committee found 289,866 absentee ballots that were sent to people who never requested them something that would be illegal. Why did they viciously kick out the Republican poll watchers? 70% of Detroit's mail-in ballot counting boards did not match. It was a total mess. Why won't they give respected professionals and representatives at yesterday's rally the right to do a forensic audit of Wayne County, Detroit and Macomb County, That includes the rhinos in the state, senate, and house, for whatever reason, maybe they're communists, do nothing but obstruct instead of seeking the truth. Hopefully each one of these cowardly rhinos, whose names will be identified and forthcoming, will be primaried with my complete and total endorsement in the upcoming election. Congratulations on the great rally yesterday. (laughs) That is great. He endorses the Rhino's primary. I love it. Okay, yes, that is exactly what we're looking for. That is exactly what we need. That needs to be our motus operandi. That needs to be our gauge. That needs to be one of the ways that we determine, detect, whether or not these people are rhinos. Now the question of, but are they a real rhino? Could become a matter of concern for some people. They may not be a black rhino. They may not be a white rhino. Perhaps they're a gray, white, wi- <laughs> Perhaps they're a gray rhino. And that is why ladies and gentlemen, we're on the fence about them. But how about we figure this? Election integrity and election audits for any elected official should be the easiest thing to comply with. There should be absolutely no question of compliance when it comes to election integrity and audits. There should be no question. It's a no-brainer. It's a like, well, duh, how would I get here? Oh, yeah, I got elected. Yeah, we probably need election integrity. And we see through uh, what has happened in the year 2020 that was more apparent and more evident than anything that we've ever seen and or known before is that our elections were stolen and that utter fraud totally, totally disenfranchised and stole the elections from uh, the people of this country. More evident, if there was not anything more self-evident than our rights to freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, ladies and gentlemen, it is the fraud of the 2020 elections. There's nothing more (laughs) self-evident than our rights to freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness nothing more self-evident than the amount of fraud that took place in America during the 2020 presidential election. And we'll get the rest of the clues and receipts of all of the election fraud that's taken place because of the use of these electronic machines. I don't care who makes them. I don't care who writes the code. I don't care where they get their software from. Machine period. Since then, 100%, some type of fraud and some type of dishonest occurrence has taken place in some race at some point since these machines were introduced into our system. And at the very first point, the very first breach of trust, the very first contract broken. That is the contract of trust. That is the contract of integrity that we expect our elections to have. The very first time that was broken, those machines should have been gone. Okay. The very first question, if not keeping at least, at least a paper ballot count in tandem which uh, I guess some places have seemed to have gotten away from. But uh, I can tell you one thing for sure, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Texas, during our full forensic audit, we're not even going to inspect any of the paper ballots. I don't call that a forensic audit. I don't call that full or thorough in any means of the word or terms, period. It's a BS, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, that's why president Trump was, uh, addressing that rally full on forensic rally for Michigan. They had a pretty good turnout. In fact, uh, before we jump into the rest of president Trump's statements, why don't we take a gander at what president Trump was talking about? I got, I think two clips here. They're both under three minutes. So it won't be too long, but, uh, fun to watch though. Fun to watch. We had, uh, Matthew DePerno, um, uh, the man who uh, tackled the beast in Michigan for election integrity over in Antrim County, now running for AG of Michigan. It's exciting times in Michigan, guys, if we can get a big old bright ball of positive shining light of liberty, you know, like hanging over, you know, the state of Michigan up north, you know, our brothers and sisters to the north of the country. Man, can you imagine the uh, good that that would do to have, you know, at least one uncorrupted state up there. I mean, that's border, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about right up there with New York and, uh, all the rest of them, but, um, okay, let's, uh, take a look at this, uh, footage real quick. It can be, uh, considered inspiring. It can be, uh, considered, uh, you know, entertaining either way. It's good stuff. This is, uh, the rally president Trump was talking about. Oh, you know what I got for you guys? Just so you don't get disappointed. I got a really cool, like, let's get stoked and check this rally out video, which we're going to watch right now. And then we're going to watch the spin of it. So you're going to be like, meh, (laughs) but don't feel meh. Just uh, feel honored and uh, grateful that you can see through their propaganda. Because guess what? Two thirds of the country can't. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm proud. Proud of you all and myself. Let's do this. All right, here we go.
1: And welcome Michigan to taking our state back.
2: This right here is how it's done it. This right here is how a movement begins. This is how a revolution starts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's right here in front of the state capitol, Let these guys know what we want,
1: it because we, are the people and don't ever forget that so now they're telling us that there was nothing wrong with the election that we all saw
3: had our candidate way ahead
1: the night of the election come on we're not that stupid we know better and now we've seen the evidence evidence from Maricopa County evidence from Antrim County we've seen a lot of evidence Why doesn't anyone else want to see it? That's the question. And that's what we have to convince people of. We need a forensic audit and we need it now. You prove, right why. It's time to take a stand. And we can't be the only state left out. Other states are beginning, even those who voted for Trump. We know that this is not going away and we need each and every one of you to keep up the pressure. We want a forensic audit now. But I tell you this, Democrats hate
2: the First Amendment. They hate the assembly that we're doing today. They hate the free exchange of ideas. Today is about your demand for a full forensic audit in Michigan, and we demand it because the Michigan Constitution gives us that right. I have been told, in fact demanded by our elected officials, to stop talking about this issue. I have been told to stop talking about America First values. I stood up and I fought to try to vindicate President Trump when no one else would. And yet now, after 11 months, it becomes fashionable, doesn't it? For some politicians who've never cared about this issue to start talking about it. But I tell you what, doing the right thing doesn't always make you popular. And yet here I am running for attorney general to restore integrity, justice, and morality in Michigan. I will defend the rights of all Michigan residents.
0: All right, so that was a uh, that was a neat little video from Michigan yesterday's rally, the one uh, President Trump was talking about. Uh, main thing I heard about it, you know, was that uh, there was a lot more people than they were expecting. Obviously, President Trump mentioned it, and um, they were expecting about a hundred. Looks like there was probably uh, closer to a thousand there. I would say easy, at least five to five. Five hundred to a thousand to be, uh, you know, safe. <laughs> there was seven hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> well, look at that. Okay, maybe about five hundred. No, that's more than five hundred. That's more than five hundred. That's about the neighborhood of five hundred, maybe, something like that. What What is it that they believe over there in the the, the polls and the numbers, people? Like one, one person represents like a thousand people or something like that. And so, you know, when you get a group of 500 people together, they're like, holy crap. (laughs) This is potentially our entire, you know, town or city. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of, that's why I say like, uh, whenever I'm talking about the way they run things, you know, why didn't they make this move? Why didn't they do that? Why'd they do this? Why'd they do that? I mean, they, they refer to, you know. They refer to averages and stuff like that, and percentages, in order to get a bigger picture. It's a forest, not a tree perspective. In case anyone was wondering what I'm talking about, definitely uh, they're looking at the forest, not the trees, guys. Percentages, you know, if uh, a percentage of the trees don't like, uh, you know, microwave water, then uh, they can't give it to everyone. (laughs) It's not gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the trees are smart to it. anyway, so there was that let's uh, let's take a look at how um, uh, how the news spins it like I said they couldn't believe and you know you guys y'all guys can expect uh, what this would be like. This is a local news don't forget the local news is totally bought out and run over by the left whether that is uh, through um, uh, you know the left. <laughs> or or through uh, an organization a nonprofit which seems to be more often than not the case nonprofits are funding local newspapers and t- television news organizations and then uh, at 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 threat of pulling you know their funding i'm sure these people have to give left leaning messages well you know what what if we what what if it is that simple ladies and gentlemen what if it is just that uh, these people want their funding This woman wants her job. You know, the boss is the boss. And the boss knows the money comes from a left-leaning organization. And As long as they say, let us have abortions and don't run stories against it or uh, run stories that are against election fraud, they'll keep their funding. Why don't we just fund them from the right or the conservative to just give out good, honest news? Not even with the right bent. What? Mr. C, did you say that you want a conservative group to fund the local news and not tell them to use a conservative application? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'd rather it be uh, right down because that is what journalism is supposed to be. Anyways, let me get off my soapbox while I think about, um, I don't know, media funding conservative nonprofit organizations that we can hatch. Goodbye. Evidence of why
1: The rally was organized by a group called Election Integrity Fund and Force, and it was publicly endorsed by former President Donald Trump last week. It drew significantly larger crowds than originally expected. Attendees called not just for a recount, but a forensic audit of the election process in Michigan.
3: A recount
4: has to do with just counting the votes that exist. But a forensic audit goes much deeper. It goes into analysis of the actual ballot to see if it's legitimate or not. It goes into, well, heck, there was like, a uh, bunch of data points and the different things like that.
1: Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson told Fox 47 News in a statement that it is disgraceful to see the former president and his enablers in the Michigan legislature continue to undermine faith in what was a successful, secure election executed exceptionally well by over 1,500 clerks and affirmed by more than 250 audits conducted by professional election officials from both sides of the aisle. Attendees tell me they feel the fate of the United States is on the line. Reporting from the Michigan Capitol, I'm Elle Myers.
0: Okay. Is it still muted? No, it wasn't muted. I heard it. Whiskey Blue, what's going on, brother? <laughs> good to see you tonight. Whiskey Blue, Whiskey Blue, good to see you, Whiskey Blue. Um, hopefully, it's not still muted. I mean, I'm looking at the replay, but uh, currently, you guys are watching Jocelyn Benson statements. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit about Jocelyn Benson tonight. I'm telling you. She will uh, she will be she will appear in the uh, portion of the show that is about election audit fever. <laughs> uh, but we're playing this right now because uh, you know, piggybacking on President Trump's statements about the rally. Of course, you see these um, uh, news organizations that are funded by left-leaning org- organizations, um, nonprofits and the likes. Yeah. Uh, they will continue to say, they will continue to say Jocelyn Benson did a good job and is reputable for this uh, interview in spite of, despite of all of the um, facts that we have seen through Matthew DePerno's investigation into Antrim County and into that entire forensic sweep and, and everything else that we've seen Jocelyn Benson do. Terrible. Jocelyn Benson is one of the worst secretaries of snake in fact, there was a, man, there was something I wanted to play, but I didn't, but it's okay. We'll save it for Saturday. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. But um, I'm telling you, five by five over there, Deplore. Thank you, ma'am. And I got some five by fives over there in the good old foxhole as well. So thank you all, folks. Good to see you guys out tonight today. But yeah, Jocelyn Benson, there's one for you. There's one for you that Jocelyn Benson. Let's wrap up President Trump's statements. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> COVID is raging out of control. Our supply chains are crashing with little product in our stores. We were humiliated in Afghanistan. Our border is a complete disaster. Gas prices and inflation are zooming upward. How's Biden doing? Do you miss me yet? Can we go, Brandon? (sighs) Yeah. Those must've been one of like those like, you know, midday tweets where you're not really doing anything and you're kind of like in between appointments. (laughs) President Trump was like, COVID is raging out of control. Our supply chains are crashing with little product in our stores. (laughs) We were humiliated in Afghanistan. (laughs) That's gotta be what it was. Good reminder there. I would have to say. What? How did you guys get some scratch in? I have not released it yet. You you put that back where you got it from. (laughs) Sorry. Just talking to the friends over there at, uh, the foxhole.app and pill.net. Here's another statement from President Trump. Brace yourselves, Effie. Why isn't the January 6th Unselect Committee of Partisan Hacks studying the massive presidential election fraud which took place on November 3rd and was the reason that hundreds of thousands of people went to Washington to protest on January 6th? Look at the numbers now being reported on the fraud which now call we call now the big lie, the really big lie. You cannot study January 6th without studying the reason it happened, November 3rd, but the Democrats don't want to do that because they know what took place on election day in the swing States and beyond. If we had an honest media, this election would have been overturned many months ago, but our media is almost as corrupt as our political system, president Trump, definitely, definitely calling them out. Definitely taking it to there. it's, it's, um, to the point, like, uh, if you can imagine we've heard about, and I've known about this type of fraud, election fraud, this coup for nigh on, I don't know how long, right? But uh, let me tell you something. It's to the point uh, where some people are jaded. Some people are tired. Some people are frustrated. Some people are fatigued with all of the election audit, election integrity talk. Where's your sense of stamina, ladies? (laughs) Okay, I get it. I get it. Now that you got your gold pills. Now that you got your gold pills, I guess you're going to hit the road. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why it's doing that. I did not release the scratch in. I did not release the scratch in, but, uh, you know, <laughs> go figure. So anyways, as I was saying, people are tired, people are fatigued, but, uh, he has to continue to sound the alarm like that. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't forget. He has to keep it top of mind. We have just gotten there. We have just gotten there to the point where everyone else may be waking. And uh, yeah, things are getting all wonky. You know, I will attribute my scratch and release to the end of Mercury Retrograde. Is that okay? Solrico. Solrico got some got a gold pill. Sorry we are a bit shy on you, Solrico, but thanks for stopping in. Joe got his two pills in. (laughs) Let's see here. Christina Fontana, aloha, my Minnesota friend. Bill Tech won a gold pill. Sorry for being (laughs) shysy. At this point, we've given out more gold pills than we've received. (laughs) Just kidding. It's a joke. I kid, I kid. (laughs) Diversity Hire got a gold pill. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. I'm enjoying myself far too much at the moment. Oh, Lordy, my bad. I take it back. I take it all back. We have not given out as many gold pills as we've received, apparently so. I apologize. Please, ladies and gentlemen, don't take it the wrong way. I don't look at my gold pill accumulation, my friend. (laughs) I don't. Okay. Well, Christina Fontana just did get home from work. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. I hope you do. Uh, Thank you for the phone, Diversity Hire. Diversity Hire, I'm sorry, Diversity Hire, but you know, (laughs) I've got to be very selective, very selective. Let me go back to April and see if you were in the audience then, Diversity Hire. (laughs) I'm playing buddy, but thank you for the phone. Give me a call anytime. Is that what that was symbolic of? Wasn't it? My bad. <laughs> My bad, but I answered your DM. So there, let us jump into last uh, statement from, Pre- let us jump into last statement from President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready for it? Cause it's ready for you. If we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020, which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented. Republicans will not be voting in 2022 or 2024. It's the single most important thing for Republicans to do. Enjoy your hopping Pilled by the Rabbits. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Hop happily wherever you might happen to hop to. Good evening, casual, Gigi. Good to see you. So yes, again, ladies and gentlemen, a statement of reference, a point of interest, and of great import. Again, the presidential election of 2020, the general election, the federal, whatever you want to call it, ladies and gentlemen. It needs to happen. I know you all are on board with me, but can we make it happen? That is the $1 million question. The other $1 million question comes from President Trump, and it says, how come the fake news media doesn't talk about Afghanistan anymore? I'm telling you, he must have had some time in between meetings today, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, it is a good point. It is a very good point. Because as we see, The memory hole is long, deep, and wide for the mainstream media, so they can fit everything that they have fixed down the drain. But uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that election integrity fever has struck the United States of America, has uh, lit the fire beneath every patriot's took us. And has even begun to arouse people from their long lost slumber and now found they can wake up. Hopefully so. I would I would say so. I would think so. I would I would damn well say so. So that takes us to our first story for this evening about election integrity. Let me see here if I can pull it on there we go. Well, it seems that we have some more states that are seeking to have forensic audits in their locale. Of course, Texas, we uh, mentioned a little bit. Uh, they've decided to do a forensic audit. I've, uh, I've, I've got my reasonings and thinkings behind that, ladies and gentlemen, because let me tell you what. To have uh, Greg Abbott be handed an endorsement as a known rhino amongst Texas constituents, really put him on the spot. If you think about it, then we have within hours of president Trump's, uh, declaration, he was calling a favor. He was like, uh, Abbott, I endorsed, you Now I need you to return the favor and I'm going to say it no more than seven times governor Abbott, because I did you a favor. I endorsed you governor Abbott. So let me make myself clear. And, uh, I'm not going to get in touch with you. Um, My daughter-in-law, Lauren Trump, is going to get in touch with you. (laughs) It was a quid pro quo. The uh, forensic audit of Texas and the endorsement of Greg Abbott. Do you see the crimes, mainstream media? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainstream media, if you try and use that one, it's mine, okay? I made that up, all right? Right here, right now, on the spot. So you cannot use that, too bad. I absolve you from using that. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, president Trump calls in a favor and he says, look, Gregory, I endorsed you. We know you're a rhino. We know you don't mean well for the people of Texas or the United States of America. We know you want to run for president at some point. Well, let me tell you one thing, wheels, you better park yourself and you better get us that forensic audit in Texas. And so Abbott's like, Oh boy, you president Trump, you, uh, You orange longhorn, and uh, so he gets his uh, he gets his uh, interim acting secretary of state. Oh, god, guys, I'm gonna it's gonna kill me if I don't, okay? It's gonna kill me if I don't. And I'm not talking about the deep state, I'm talking about the name of this secretary of state. (laughs) He's acting only, he's only the acting, he's been there at least twice before. And now this man, this man is the man who sent out uh, who sent out that memo. Right. Whenever president Trump said, uh, Texas have a forensic audit. Well, little acting secretary of state, uh, he's the, uh, deputy secretary, Joe Esparza is his name. Well, Gregory was like, Joey, Hey, Joey, Joey, my boy. I need you to uh, send out a letter that says that uh, we will do this forensic audit. Now, keep in mind, guys, this forensic audit, the bill has not even made it to the floor yet in Texas, okay? But Gregory and his little uh, acting Secretary of State, his little acting Secretary, Joe Esparza, sent out a memo talking about uh, this, uh, you know, this audit that they're going to perform. Half of it's already done. None of it has anything to do with the canvas none of it has anything to do with seeing the physical ballots in fact we the people of Texas are just supposed to trust that because in the summary plan for the full forensic audit of the state of Texas it says preliminary safety tests run to to ensure the machines worked throughout the entire election process bull i don't care how many preliminary tests you have. I don't care if you have a test that says it's gonna work, okay? Who's to say the machine's not rigged to break after the first run through? We need a full forensic audit. It's, uh, it's catching fire, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, in Florida, for example, we're now seeing calls for a forensic audit which is fun of course, because just like Texas, uh, Florida went to Trump as well. So very exciting, good to see. No one wants to be left behind on this one. I mean, come on guys, if you don't believe in election integrity, you're probably a communist, nor a socialist or a progressive, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll park it at communist. Now, the uh, county GOP for Lake County, Florida, has declared that they want a forensic audit of their county. Uh, The Lake County, Florida GOP is pressuring state Republicans to conduct an audit of the 2020 election. Republican Governor DeSantis, of course, has reaffirmed the integrity of the state's voting system. So has Greg Abbott. And I, 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 I think, I think, I think, that uh, DeSantis might be a little bit more pure than Abbott. Haven't done my research, but if anything counter to that uh, notion existed, I'm sure we would have heard about it already in patriot circles. Don't be lazy, Mr. C. Now, the um, Lake County Republicans, though, and that would include one state representative, Anthony Sabatini, whom perhaps we should do kind of like a profile on sometime. Sabatini's a very interesting character. He's getting a lot done for the people. Uh, But uh, they all want this electoral review, regardless of what Governor DeSantis has to say about it. Now, keep in mind, Florida, like I said, President Trump beat Biden in Florida. Um, 51.2% to 47.9%. You think the margins were probably higher? I think so. I think the margins were probably higher. I'm pretty sure Florida is much farther red as well as Texas. So I think that would be fun thing to see. Now, um, like I said, uh, governor DeSantis, um, and other top lawmakers in Tallahassee Um, They're being pushed to do this. In late September, the Lake County Republican Party, based in a fast-growing and GOP-leaning jurisdiction near Orlando, unanimously approved five resolutions to send every Florida state lawmaker in calling for a full audit of the election results. So they're getting it done there, going right back down to the county level, city level, county level. You can't go wrong there, ladies and gentlemen. Now uh, pictured here is one Anthony Sabatini. Now uh, again, Sabatini is also pushing for the, um, the forensic audit in Lake County, Florida. He, um, um, Sabatini, he's a house representative for the state of Florida. He filed a bill called House Bill 99 last month, which would allow an independent third party to conduct a forensic audit of the results. Now, that's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, audit of Texas does not even allow for a third party vendor to audit, which is bold. Which is why in my, uh, my, my, my letter to them, in, in my amendments to their 2020 full forensic audit plan... We have to be able to have all of these things included, okay? Including having a third-party vendor do a forensic audit of all of the machines and cybertronic materials that has to be included. We can't let the state do it. Isn't crazy, anyways. Um, In this bill that Sabatini wrote, um, it calls for audits in counties with populations over 250,000, meaning the proposal would affect many Democrat and minority-heavy jurisdictions, like Orange County, Broward County, Palm Beach County, and Hillsborough County, as well as some GOP-leaning locales, like Lake County, Brevard County, Lee County, and Polk Counties. In Florida, GOP Secretary of State Laurel Lee, first of all, what kind of a name is Laurel Lee? If you ask me, ladies and gentlemen, Laurel Lee looks a lot like Jocelyn Benson, Katie Hobbs, that uh, Grishome girl. (laughs) Oh, I was just looking at a video of her ugly face. Well, we're not talking about Veronica graffin Reed, but she definitely looks like Veronica De Reed. Also, in fact, this woman even looks like Little Bradford Raffensberger, a secretary of snakes. Okay, now uh, who do we have here in Texas? We had uh, we had Ruth Maybelline. No, we had Ruth uh, Ruth Vaguero Hughes. Right, looked like her too. They all look alike. These secretaries of snakes. They all look alike. I'm telling you guys, there is something to it. Don't know what it is, but there is something to it. Sorry, I realized my screen is going cocoa for cuckoo puffs. But um, yeah, this is the uh, Secretary of Snakes there in Florida. Uh, her name is Laurel Lee, Laurel Lee. Okay, <laughs> <coughs> she says, A forensic audit is not necessary because county election officials tested machines before the election and conducted random, random, random reviews after the presidential contest. Well, gee willikers, Laura Lee, that's the same thing that Texas seems to be saying, and I don't trust that, worth one lick. And uh, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I like to lick. So let me tell you one thing for sure, Laura Lee, We don't trust it. I don't trust it. We need a canvas and we need a third party period, especially on the machines and cyber forensic materials that need to be discussed and hammered through, investigated, inspected, all of the above. Now, Laura Lee continues, Florida's election in 2020 was accurate, transparent, and conducted in compliance with Florida laws. Laura Lee, I don't give a hoot. We need a third party. Um, And she says, Florida has already conducted both pre and post election audits. Boy, Florida sounds like Texas. Boy, I think that little, uh, I think that little, uh, you know, um, Gregory and little uh, Joey over there really hopped to that request by President Trump quicker than I could have anticipated. We need a third party, period. Election audits, election integrity, fever. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're here tonight. I hope you're enjoying the show. Let's talk about Maryland. Maryland voter integrity. Ooh, they have a group over there. Now, um, I think I think by far probably the best surprise of the month of October and perhaps the fourth quarter of the year would have to be, well, we're still in the third quarter, aren't we? Third quarter of the year would have to be that, um, I don't know, Delaware decided to do an audit of their <laughs> Delaware decided to do an audit of their state and found uh very 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 high high percentages of voter fraud in the state of Delaware in illegitimate joe biden's own home state, which had to have been taken by a landslide, obviously because it's his home state, but uh, then it was proven to be false. That tickled me so much. We're talking about it today. That was like two weeks ago, but uh, Maryland is jumping on the boat too, which is good. We need Maryland to get involved because after all, Maryland is probably along with Massachusetts, probably one of the top five highest corrupt nation states in the country. Maryland Voter Integrity Group recommends that the state move to paper ballots with a hand count after being inspired by the Arizona audit. Good job, Maryland. The organization is seeking support right now, ladies and gentlemen. So if you are listening on Twitch or Clout Hub or Foxhole or Pill.net, get this episode out there. Clip this information over on Twitch and send it over to your buddy in Maryland. Be like, uh, you know, John Waters, get get yourself your representative to sign this here. We need some election integrity in our state. Sorry. Yeah, he's the only person that I am aware of that lives in Maryland. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, they are seeking support because... Many Maryland, Marylanders are concerned that uh, their elections are not free, fair, and transparent, and they're afraid that uh, there's innumerable amounts of fraud. Now, Maryland Voter Integrity Group announced today, the 12th, which was yesterday, <clears throat> that its community had gathered insights and information to call into question the voting machines that they use, which may not or may not not be connected to the internet and therefore they may be able to be hacked. Now, much of the reason that this voter integrity group is initiating this process at all, ladies and gentlemen, is because of the findings of the Maricopa County presidential election for the year 2020. Now, based on what they found in that report alone, the Maryland Voter Integrity Group has moved to call for voter integrity and election security in their state. Didn't take much more than that, right? I mean, uh, whatever county these people might represent, they didn't go dig into their county and say, hey, this amount of ballots don't match this amount of electronic ballots because they couldn't know that. But just because of the example of what was found in Arizona, this group wants to have that satisfaction of knowing their election is secure in Maryland. And that's literally all they're using. I read their letter. It stated, uh, it is apparent that the significant anomalies that have been uncovered to date and found to be statistically significant point to large-scale integrity and security issues at all levels of our election system. With all that has been found to date, we strongly recommend that the state of Maryland return to paper ballots with a hand count to ensure our election integrity is upheld and as the best defense against fraud. Then it says a list of findings in the Arizona Maricopa County audit report. Bullet points, boom, and then it concludes, it is apparent that the significant anomalies that have been uncovered to date and found to be statistically significant point to large-scale integrity and security issues in our election. The Maryland Voter Integrity Group is committed to stamping out fraud and inaccuracies in Maryland's voter rolls to preserve voter confidence and free, fair, and transparent elections. Signed, Chair of the Maryland Voter Integrity Group, Robin Sachs and the Maryland Voter Integrity Group. It's all that it took for them to get the ball rolling. They didn't have to go look into any vast and deeply hidden and suppressed voter information, although I'm sure that will come. For those of you in the Maryland area, take a gander. Here we go. This is the Maryland Voter Integrity Group website, committed to stamping out fraud and inaccuracies in Maryland's voter rolls to preserve Voter confidence and free, fair, and transparent elections. Catch them on Rumble, Telegram, Facebook. Sign their petition. Marylanders deserve free, fair, and transparent elections. Let's get the ball rolling in Maryland. I think that'd be pretty interesting to see what they got going on over there. But uh, there you have it. That's just a little bit of what's coming out of uh, Maryland. So we got what? Oh my God. no ladies and gentlemen that is not a rabid uma thurman that is jocelyn benson did we not just talk about jocelyn benson i told you we'd be talking about her again ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> uh, but what was i saying let's get her a little centered yeah maryland guys those two states florida and maryland adding adding to the election integrity FIVA that's what we got going on here fun stuff if you ask me yes quite fun indeed quite fun indeed doth my eyes deceive me (laughs) i want to jump into chat real quick but unfortunately my uh chat box here is not updating let's talk about jocelyn benson and then i'll jump into chat but uh, okay, so here's, here's, here is the funny story for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here's one of those moments where, uh, you know, people who have integrity and a sense of morality and who want to do what's right have to stop and laugh at each other every now and then because what a mix-up for sure in this story. Now, um, let's start like this. As it turns out, Um, there was a case in Michigan called Antrim County, Michigan. And, uh, this was, uh, um, Mr. William Blair versus Antrim County. And what William Blair wanted to do is he wanted to sue Antrim County and he wanted them to do a full forensic audit of that County. He had reason to believe that there was a vast fraud in Antrim County. So he hired a man by the name of Matthew DiPerno, Matthew DePerno, name should be um, registering pretty quickly nowadays, but Matthew DePerno, the constitutional lawyer, fought for William Blair to get a full forensic audit in Antrim County, and in the end... After all of the evidence that was shared, after all of the revelations that were had by both the constitutional lawyer and the members of the defendant's team and the judge, but maybe not the judge because it seems like the judge might not have read any of the evidence to begin with because the case was totally dismissed on the technical issuance of not being able to satisfy the plaintiff. Because after all, how does one satisfy a plaintiff if an entire county's election was stolen? Technical, technical, guys, a technicality. So um, all of the materials for the Antrim County, Michigan, (laughs) um, evidence, case, whatever, you know, particularly the evidence, was sealed, right? It's under lock and key. The reason for that is because even though the judge dismissed the case on a technicality, constitutional lawyer Matthew DiPerno then went and took it into appeals and it is currently sitting in appeals. The fate of the full forensic audit in Antrim County, wherein we have so much evidence of election fraud and Matthew DiPerno and his team have shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that the machines are indeed hackable remotely, it's in appeal so everything is sealed so that brings us to today <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it seems that um <clears throat> it seems that some of these materials from the Antrim County full forensic audit trial that were placed and sealed under lock and key were released dun 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 and they were aired publicly. In fact, the uh, the occurrence of these materials becoming released publicly was at the detriment to many for a fact beyond a shadow of a doubt. In fact, because they were released to the public and they were under seal, that made this hawkish, treasonous American Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of Snakes for... Michigan, right? I say that with ooh, Michigan because they're so corrupt up there. And I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the leaders. Uh, Jocelyn Benson was like, oh, 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 oh. She was like, uh, so you guys released some material uh, publicly um, and it's from Antrim County. And uh, now I'm going to get in on some of this is what Jocelyn Benson said. Uh, Jocelyn Benson said that she received information showing court protected images from the county's voting equipment were shared during a cyber symposium (laughs) by Trump supporter Mike Lindell. Well, if I ain't uh, two degrees away from Kevin Bacon on this one, like what the heck? (laughs) Okay, so, oh, and that's, it's just, you know, you have to laugh, okay? Now, some people might take this story another way, okay? Some people might take this story another way, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> they might take this story a whole nother way. But uh, this is the point this is the point of the matter. Jocelyn Benson had heard that uh, this these protected court images or court protected images had gone out. and Benson being represented by uh, State Attorney's General's office, as well as um, having filings against uh, Colonel James P. Waldron and Douglas Frank. She needed to get her hands on this stuff, okay? She needs to get her hands on the Antrim information because since, uh, since they'd been aired publicly, she figured, hey, why don't I just hop on over to the court system and see if I can get my hands on this Antrim information so that she could view the images I'm sure to further her case, or probably, probably what this would have done, ladies and gentlemen, is it would have uh, probably totally thrown a wrench in Matthew DiPerno's case for Antrim County, at which this point he had worked so hard for, we covered it here on the C-Report as it occurred. Now, as far as the cyber symposium... (laughs) and we have to show this because it, 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 you'll see it ties into the rest of the story you guys might remember this do you guys remember this Do y'all remember tina peters we talked about tina peters she's the uh county clerk and registrar over there at uh colorado uh what was it uh mesa county is at mesa county right and you remember the day that uh we were all watching it okay Mike Lindell's like, be here at 7 p.m. At 7 p.m., I've got some great news for you. <laughs> and, and so we're all like, well, be here at 7 p.m. And then 7 p.m. rolls around, and he's like, We've had an accident, you know, and he's like, we have to put this on hold. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta get a sandwich. That, ladies and gentlemen, uh l- let's take you let's take you down a trip on memory lane just for a little bit. Hold on. You'll see.
2: I'm
5: sorry I'm late, but there's uh, there was a development. This stuff, this story's all over the news. But we have them in the back. I was bringing people here from Colorado in my plane, and while they were on the way here, her office got raided. And it's just what we're talking about today. But they're going to come out here in a little bit and tell you what happened. Before you know, why was their office raided? Okay, and uh, there's 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 things, there's a lot of complications now in this. So when they come out, um, we're, I'll I'll wrap it at the end. But what you're gonna hear right now will be right up to this point because now after what happened, we don't know what what kind of why they did it, what they did, the ones that raided her, and. What i'll probably end up doing i don't know i got to make a decision here and they are too they're back there with the uh, with uh, um a lot of people <laughs> but uh it's a scary it's situation. A situation it's, it's what, what everybody gets
1: i'm sorry guys they're going, okay so they're doing, they're doing
0: i oh i mean he is such a character guys like if he were not like i don't know how to describe it I don't know how to describe it. If like, say for example, they were all on the opposite team and we were writing like, I don't know, cartoons and comics. Well, we would do such a better job than what the left does at poking fun at ourselves. Like I just, I'm so utterly amused every time Lindell comes on and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but this is is what's funny, okay? Cause you have Mr. Lindell going on about, you know, what's going on with uh, Tina Peterson of Colorado. Uh, they got a situation, you know, the next day, the next morning code monkey Z is out and he can't give his presentation because uh, he's the one who leaked the images, right? Now we know that these images got Tina Peterson into a whole lot of trouble in Colorado, in Mesa County. And because the images were leaked, um, Jenna Griswold, again, that uh, that snotty snob uh, secretary of snakes over there in Colorado, was able to use this cyber symposium as leverage against Tina Peters and against election integrity in Colorado. Frickin' Jocelyn Benson tried to do the same damn thing, okay, and it was because of uh, Code Monkey Z during the cyber symposium and the images that he showed. I think it is absolutely hilarious, guys. It's like I said, it's something that patriots will look back at, you know, a little down the line and be like, ah, do you remember that time that Mike had the cyber symposium and he almost jeopardized uh, Mesa County, Colorado and Antrim County, Colorado, which is already in the court of appeals for forensic audit on a technicality. Like, you remember that time? And so, I mean, it happens, but I think it's so interesting to note when we're talking about the long game, when we're talking about lawfare, when we're talking about red tape and everything that they used to bureaucratically push back everything so they can still push in advance their own agenda, which I might add, that is something that the White Hats and the Patriots, in my assessment, are doing as well. That's what we're doing right now, okay, Like, uh, that it gets the streams get crossed like that. It's funny. I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, You, Mike Glendale is out there doing a god honest to the bone, you know, like purest of spirits, like intentions with this cyber symposium. And yet, somehow, because of uh, whatever reasons, I'm not going to even say anything about that you know, it still ends up almost jeopardizing the entire movement. Like, uh, uh, I would feel really bad for Matthew DiPerno if Jocelyn Benson had succeeded at getting those images and just shutting down the entire Antrim County full forensic audit trial and case that they had. And they damn near almost well beat if it had not been for the judge taking a week and a half to decide a technicality that he would not have to award all constitutionally speaking and rightfully speaking constitutionally to one William Bailey and one Matthew DiPerno. It's funny, guys, okay? Now, the, gotta say all that, gotta put that all out there because well, there's Matthew DiPerno. There you are, Matt. Don't worry, guy. At this point, you're still 100. Just keep yourself there, right? That's all I got to say about anyone in this field. Okay, so like Matthew DiPerno... <laughs> This is this is the inside baseball. So you know you see you see Mike Lindell talking about they they got some issues and they got and then you hear Code Monkey Z talking about his attorney says this and attorney says that. Here's the other side of the coin. It's hilarious. Okay, so you got you got uh, let's see you got Benson going after these files. So this is what's going on with Mike Lindell and Code Monkey Z that day. Okay, we were watching it, guys. Okay, so court filings show that Matthew DePerno advised uh, of the distribution of the Antrim County images in an email sent August 12th by Assistant Attorney General Eric A. Grill. Now, keep in mind, guys. Here, Code Monkey Z had three images. He had three images of the software screens past the uh, password, you know, uh, point of uh, entrance. Okay. Three images. Now, two of those images came from Mesa County, Colorado, which is what jeopardized Tina Peters and uh, basically Jocelyn Benson, uh, Jenna Griswold went to town on her with. One of the images was Antrim County's, but one was enough, okay? So um, let's see here. Uh, Assistant Attorney General Eric Grill said this. We have received information that during an event earlier this week, Mike Lindell publicly displayed or distributed images of Antrim County EMS software. Okay, uh, that was in an email. Um, Griswold said also uh, the same court filing shows that Matthew DePerno also answered uh, Grill by email, stating that he had sent, he'd sent Mike Lindell a cease and desist order. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're on the same team, guys. Mike Lindell and Matt DiPerno are on the same damn team. And I mean in more ways than one, and I'm not talking about the third way. I mean they're both fighting for America, and they're both on the same election integrity audit team, okay? (laughs) They're on the same team. And Matthew DePerno has to send Mike Lindell a cease and desist demand <laughs> to his cyber symposium. And Mike's probably like, come on, guy. Like, we're on the same team here. <laughs> like, we're both fighting for election integrity. But these are court-sealed documents. I don't know how. And I don't care how. Code Monkey Z got his hands on it. Uh, I mean, in the case of Mesa County, Colorado. I can't say anything about Code Monkey Z having that information. If I'm not mistaken, Tina Peters shared it with him herself, okay? But you gotta honor, you got to honor a court-sealed document, okay, Mr. Z? <laughs> I'll see you in Nevada. <laughs> Maybe I should ask him about that. What do you guys think? I should be like, uh, so uh, Mr. Watkinson or whatever your last name is, Mr. Z, uh, did you knowingly breach, uh, Michigan, uh, court ordered, sealed images to share them at the Mike Lindell cyber symposium inquiring minds want to know <laughs> you dare me. I mean, I, I don't think if I were him, I wouldn't take that any certain way. I wouldn't be offended. If I made a mistake, I would not be offended by a question like that. But sometimes you have to ask the question. Because ain't no one else damn going to ask that question. Am I right or am I right? Okay. So Matthew DiPerno sends over a cease and desist demand to Mike Lindell, And that's why you got him like, <laughs> that's why you got him pacing across the stage. He's like, huh, yeah, well, something happened. Oh, I mean, it's just funny to me. Just the inside baseball's funny. I love it. Uh, These are the things that happens when you're trying to walk the line, when you're trying to dot your I's and cross your T's. Sometimes you have to say, hey, buddy, I totally agree with why you're including this in your program, but it's going to jeopardize our case. And uh, it's a good lesson for maturity in dealing with issues like this, honestly. Now, DePerno had said that uh, he he understood, and to be clear, he wanted DePerno was because this would jeopardize DePerno's entire, entire case, everything he worked for in Antrim County, guys, everything he worked for. It was a long, hard battle with many botched press conferences and everything else. You know, DePerno was like on Wednesday. At 9.49 AM, as soon as I heard, I sent the following cease and desist demand to Mike Lindell. (laughs) This is a demand that you immediately cease and desist disclosing or displaying any forensic images of Antrim County. Those images are under protective order. Neither you or your team are permitted to display or use those images now to make matters worse guys because i don't think this was bad i mean of course when we were watching the cyber symposium we were like what happened like uh tina peter's office got raided like what's what's with the drama like what is going on but i will say at least on my end of things to make matters worse you get oafs like this guy the uh the election cyber, uh, cyber forensic um, hacking expert, the fraud expert that would be Harry Hursty or Harry Hursty or whatever you want to call him. Uh, Harry Hursty he got involved. He was like uh, he was like um, well uh, I was at the event. That's what Harry Hursty was saying. He said uh, he said he was at the event, okay and that uh, the organizers did not give consistent explanations for how the images were made, where they were made, or any other details. Two of the images appear to have original originated from Mesa County, Colorado, and one from Antrim County, Michigan. Now again, Harry Hursty is the much acclaimed election machine expert that exposed how hackable they are back in 2006. And yet, people still can't seem to figure out that this man is working for the deep state. We've talked about the work he's done with the United Nations. We've talked about how he's hosted election viewers from around the world for both 2018 and 2020 in the United States of America, I don't know how much clearer we need to get on the issue of Harry Hursty and why I just so happen to not like this honey Joe Bear. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is a total snake. He works for the UN. And who knows why he was there at Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium. I'm sure he got an invitation. I'm sure they were like, you exposed how to hack into the D-bold, die uh, election machines back in 2006. So you're credible. You're on our team. You did not totally rig and uh, fraud out the township of Wyndham in New Hampshire. Just in uh, May, June of 2021, we watched you on the C-Report. Do it, Harry Hursty not a fan, not a fan, but, uh, definitely put his two cents into the matter. We also had this man. We just talked about him yesterday as well. That's uh, one professor, Alex Halderman. And according to court filings, um, another expert, Alex Halderman of uh, the university of Michigan, who is the one that released the uh, report on the Dominion machines that are quite damning and show how accessible and uh, insecure that they are, who in March authored a 54-page report on Antrim County's handling of the 2020 presidential election. Here's the beef, guys. Here's the beef. Aside from authenticating the image that Code Monkey Z used during Mike Lindell's cyber symposium, this is why it's so important, guys. Alex Halderman, ladies and gentlemen, the same man who has done a report on Dominion and how insecure they are, the same report that has been sealed against CISA and against concerned election officials across the country, ladies and gentlemen, for Antrim County, Michigan. The entire reason why Mr. Bailey and Matthew DiPerno had to get involved in a forensic audit is because when they did the initial audit of Antrim County, you know, that good old state-run audit that doesn't look for any real uh, errors or uh, doesn't dig deep at all. J. Alex Halderman, professor of University of Michigan, is the one who signed off on the report for Antrim County, Michigan, that says that there was no fraud and everything occurred as human error. Just like Harry Hursty said, New Hampshire had zero fraud. It was all machine alignment error. Now if Matthew DiPerno were listening tonight and we uh, have, it seems like not just crossing strings, but crossing stories, of uh, cyber election officials or experts, I should say, fighting for election integrity in one hand and uh, totally selling out America in another. We're talking about Hursty and Halderman now. What gives? What the hell is up with that? Why is this occurring? Why do I have to read individual reports from individual and totally um, independent news agencies that pit the same man in both the good guy and the bad guy cloak. I don't understand. Can we have a little bit of consistency here, America? Can we stop being a bad guy in the day and a good guy in the night or vice versa? I just don't get it. Halderman, we just totally ballooned you yesterday. And now I hear that you uh, are the one who put the seal of approval on the fraud of Antrim county who election integrity fever is among us ladies and gentlemen you might want to check your temperatures either way this is a very very interesting story uh in my opinion brought some good laughs it brought some good revelations it brought us some good points of uh, points of interest in regards to this long lawfare, long long game lawfare that is taking place here and now in substitute of kinetic, good old fashioned. I'll meet you down in the town square at noon and shoot you to prove I am right. Type of logic. Well, needless to say, ladies and gentlemen, just so we can put a wrap on this story. The judge denied Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson from uh, getting her fingers into those images, thank God. <laughs> oh, the silver lining, right? The silver lining. The judge denied a motion from Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson seeking to lift a state order on uh, the dismissed Antrim County election-related lawsuit. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the case might have been dismissed, but it is currently pending in the Court of Appeals. And uh, we might note also, as we bid adieu to the state of Michigan, that on Monday, Jocelyn Benson and Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassel issued a press release stating three Michigan residents had been charged following investigations related to attempted voter fraud. Jocelyn Dana, you guys can do everything that you need to do to make it seem like you believe in election integrity. You're a little bit late in the game now, but good job on that catch. We're not going to take it away from you because uh, <clears throat> justice should be served. And uh, may justice be served, Secretary of State Benson and Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassell. May justice be served. There we go from one computer expert to another. They all seem to look the same to me, but uh, you guys probably recognize this man as Jovan Pulitzer or Jovan Pulitzer or Hoven Pulitzer or however you want to pronounce his name. I really don't know, but his last name is Pulitzer. And I would say to you, Mr. Pulitzer, you must return the prizes that you uh, handed out to those people that wrote about Russia, Russia, Russia. Sorry, guys, it's not that Pulitzer, but it is Joven Pulitzer, and uh, he is the uh, election uh, security uh, cyber expert resident-in-chief here in the Patriot field. Now, it appears that Mr. Joven Pulitzer has released a brand new video, and it's a short one. And it explains to the general public of Arizona and beyond exactly what happened during the 2020 presidential election and how or if or whether or not their ballot was counted or missing and uh, what that kind of looks like, guys. It's a little shocking. It's a little awe-inspiring. It's a little alarming we're talking about uh, one in every 10 ballots being completely false, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury. That is not a good thing. But I don't know. your you.
4: vote went for the 2020 election. You filled it out. You may have dropped it off in a box or taken it or mailed it in. They all go to a safe, secure location to get counted properly or were they? Your ballot gets fed into a machine to scan it. It's your ballot as you voted it. That's the ballot scanners, tabulators, and they create ballot scan images. That gets fed over to the election management system. It's where the votes are as reported. Here's the number, folks. Well, you take that physical ballot, And it's fed in to create a digital copy. And that digital copy actually is what the system's waiting on. If the numbers come in, they go, hey, this is it. And they announce who won. But when auditors take a close look at that paper and say, let's verify the election results, they look back at that scanned image with eagle eyes to make sure it's there. Then they look back at the physical ballot to confirm that's the ballot as cast. Hey, it's all good. It's all certified, right? Well, not in Maricopa County. You sent your ballot, and it got scanned, and it even went into, they said, hey, here's the 2020 election results, but when the auditors looked at it closely, and the machine numbers were there, oh, and there were actual sheets of paper there for ballot numbers, those were right, but is this the ballot, the actual ballot, which was scanned, when you look at it closely, there were 284,412 corrupt missing, gone, compromised digital ballots. One out of every 10 ballots could not be confirmed as the actual ballot the voter used to vote. Yep, that's 2020, the safest election ever.
0: Oh, Jovan. Oh, Jovan. (laughs) This boy keeps on pulling out all the stops. Mr. Pulitzer, he is the prize, says Laura Deplora. (laughs) up laura laura he is the prize (laughs) the bullet surprise that is i like it no it's not uh that's not nicholas cage (laughs) that is hilarious oh my goodness um yeah i mean hey one in ten ballots were not able to be confirmed you see texas why we need to actually look at the handheld ballots and not just a portion of the electronic ballot system images texas I mean, the more we move on, I'm just making more and more of my case for why this is not a full, thorough, and forensic audit of the state of Texas. It's a lie. It's a total lie. And I'm damn well near not at the point of taking it. We're going to look like fools. The people of Texas are going to look like fools. We we can never hang our hat up with pride ever again if we don't get this right. We have to get this right. That's why President Trump called out Greg Abbott. You get it, right? You get it, right? You, you, do you guys like how he shines the spotlights down on the snakes and the serpents and the rhinos? He does it. Maybe it's, maybe it's divine providence. Maybe it's divine intervention. Maybe it's the hand of God saying, hey, call up Abbott. He could have called up DeSantis. He could be like, hey, DeSantis, you're in my home state. Let's do an audit, buddy. But he didn't. He could have called up, I don't know, who. he could have called up Nomi. <laughs> he called up anybody that's like on his side, that's like you fighting for election integrity or who's, uh, you know, at least a red state. He could have called up anyone. Texas and Florida. I mean, maybe not Florida because DeSantis, that is his home state, but still, still, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Greg Abbott. Let me tell you what, and it already has, and his little... Panty boy, secretary of state acting Joe Esparza is probably pulling out the same crap that he's done before. And I am not going to take it this time, ladies and gentlemen. Now we have a few more things developing out of Arizona. Of course, Uh, We're waiting for those arrests to happen. Come on, Mr. Brnovich. I mean, there was blatantly enough fraud that you could read on day one of the report's release. You don't need two or three weeks to kind of fester over it. But I guess if due process is anything in this country, it uh, counts for something, right? I want my due process. Do your investigation, sir. Either way, um, it appears that uh, his um, deputy or his assistant attorney general, Jennifer Wright, did shoot over another letter to the Arizona Secretary of State's office this time. Now, she sent a letter over to Maricopa County long about uh, the day that um, the audit report dropped. I think maybe that Monday at the latest. So that would have put us at what? The 27th or so of September Brnovich made his announcement shortly thereafter, we're looking about two weeks later, we're about mid-October, and now his deputy secretary of state, or sorry, assistant, I don't know why I keep saying deputy, his assistant secretary of state has um, shot off a letter to none other than one Katie schnobs Katie Hobbs, for uh, supporters over in Arizona. And um, they've uh, basically told her in this letter that um, they're requesting certain information from her. And uh, they want to make sure they get it. Now, we're not going to read the whole letter, but there it is in all its glory. I don't know. We we may not even read it. I just want you guys to know it exists. It exists. It has a name. Yeah. Yeah. So a request for information related to voter registration, list maintenance, it goes on for another page, but uh, yep, signed Assistant Attorney General Jennifer Wright, please promptly provide the materials requested electronically on a rolling basis as it becomes available and where possible in its original format. This request should be construed liberally to provide any and all communications documents, data files, reports, and records that pertain to the Secretary of State's statutory duty to provide information to counties and coordinate issues related to maintaining voter registration records. The EIU, the Election Integrity Unit, makes this request pursuant to Arizona Public Records Law, ARS 39-121, et sec., if any documents are withheld, the EIU requests that you furnish an index of records or categories of records that have been withheld, and the reason for withholding, if costs are expected to exceed $50, please provide advanced notification. Okay, well, I mean, taxpayer money's paying for this. We want it done, so don't you even talk to spared no expense. Arizona Assistant Attorney General, Jennifer Wright. So that's a development. That's a pretty good development. Uh, We're getting a little impatient over here. I know Wendy Rogers is. Speaking of Wendy Rogers, don't forget, if you have not signed Wendy Rogers petition, you can go over to uh, action.wendyrogers.org slash Action.windyrogers.org slash decertify. Sign the petition today, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't signed it yet, we need that. Uh, we need as much support across the board in every state, in every county as we can. Action.windyrogers.org slash decertify. So you can also sign that letter today. Don't forget also, and now uh, this is kind of a reprisal, very important, very important when we're talking about election integrity, guys, the uh, brand new Declaration of Independence as it were, this is the letter that Wendy Rogers read on election audit report hearing day over at the Arizona Senate. And that was a letter to the people of the United States of America, as you can see right here, to the citizens of the United States of America, talking about their efforts to audit every state in this nation and to decertify the Arizona audit. And also to, it, it called for a motion to, um, to seat the winner of that election by calling the house and the Senate to uh, do a vote per state. Now that's a constitutional proceeding that we've not seen before. This letter has been signed by 113 at this point in time, state representatives. Um, They're looking for more signatures. Now here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, please understand. And I think that Wendy Rogers put it quite eloquently herself but she did say that um, election integrity and the call for election audits by the people is a function that should be held without any type of dismissal and without any complication. In other words, any elected official as a way of a standard as a way of uh, truly representing what you claim to be, should have no problem with any type of audit, should have no problem with any type of election integrity issue, okay? So um, she said this, guys, in a statement, and I'm gonna share it with you guys now. I think this drives the point home, what we're talking about, about why it's so important that our state representatives and our state senators, our uh, you know federal senators, all of them, our district representatives, all of them, should sign this letter for election integrity and election audits and decertification. She says it perfectly well herself. Good morning, everyone. A good indicator that shows how bad your state has been taken over by communist rhinos is by how many Republican state reps or state senators have signed our audit all 50 States letter. This letter is important because it exposes who the communists are hidden among our GOP elected officials. Those who don't sign are either a communist bought off, scared or ignorant. And all of these things are dangerous to the Republic. Use the letter and go change your states for the best. Get rid of the communists. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not have said it more eloquently myself. Okay, like for an elected representative to have not signed this type of letter... To have not signed this letter itself or to not agree with election integrity means they have got to go. Let that be our measuring stick from this point forward. And then, you know, we can uh, figure out another means later on, but they need to sign this letter, guys. We only have one representative in the entire state of Texas that has signed this letter. And you'll wonder why I rag on Abbott as being a good old boy, snake in the grass, treasonous American. Call your representative. (laughs) The switchboard's right up there, guys. Call your representative. Call your senator. Let's just get it done. Switchboard number right up here. 202-224-3121 so you can get a hold of your local, your state, your federal representative and senator and let them know they need to sign this letter. decertify and audit all 50 states. Let's get her done. All right, let's hop into this next story over here. There was a reason why we were hopping into this story about Southwest Airlines, okay? Not because I prefer to fly Southwest, not because they let two bags fly for free, and I travel with at least that, okay? Like, not because of that, not because they have been overtaken by the uh, followers of the Let's Go Brandon movement, but because, ladies and gentlemen, because of the children. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding, not the children. But uh, yes, the children indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the Arizona State Senate seems to uh, agree with what the pilots of Southwest Airlines are doing. Uh, They had this to say about that. Senators support Southwest Airlines employees demanding personal autonomy over medical decisions. Senator Kelly Townsend, Nancy Bardo, and Sonny Borelli today responded in favor of Southwest Airlines employees protesting mandated CV19 vaccinolios and the action of the Southwest Airlines Pilot Association, who filed a motion for injunctive relief in Texas District Court. Uh, It says here, and this is from, it looks like, uh, it doesn't say who says it, but it says, uh, Today we stand in full and strong support of the thousands of Southwest Airline employees who are taking a stand and who refuse to adhere to the egregious and irresponsible vaccine mandate being forced upon them by the Biden regime and their employer. We firmly believe that nobody should be put in a position where they must make a choice that makes their health or puts their health and individual rights at risk by subjecting themselves to a potentially dangerous, inadequately researched and questionably effective vaccine in order to preserve their employee employment status. Medical decisions are personal decisions And uh, they are, uh, that that every individual has a right to determine for themselves. And that should not be mandated by the government or an employer. Treating, uh, Treating individuals who are vaccinated in a manner that is different than the treatment of individuals who exercise their medical freedom and choose not to be vaccinated is blatantly discriminatory behavior. Which no citizen of our country should ever experience. We applaud the pilots, flight attendants, and other Southwest airline employees who remain staunch in their beliefs and refuse vaccination requirements that do not respect their individual freedom to make autonomous medical choices. Here, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Here, here, here. go Southwest pilots, you might be jeopardizing my trip to Las Vegas, but it's okay. And go Arizona Senate. Now let's 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 be clear, okay. The uh, CEO of Southwest Airlines has uh, decided because he's the decider, right, that they are not going to comply. They are not going to comply with Governor Abbott's executive order that does not require them to comply (laughs) with the federal government. Come on, Southwestern Airlines, come on. How much money you losing? How much money is that damn infrastructure build Green New Deal going to cough over to you for this publicity stunt, this political false flag of your company, right? But yeah, they're not going to comply with the executive order that says that they don't have to comply with firing their employees. That's what Arizona. I mean, that's what uh, Southwest Airlines has decided to do in the state of Texas. Hey there, DJ Ping two five four. See ya. See ya and deplore, Laura, you signed that uh, petition. Awesome. Glad that I put it out there. But yeah, it's quite it's quite ridiculous, guys, quite ridiculous, particularly when we're talking about the airline industry. We're looking at American Airlines. They have already told their workers that they had to have their vaccinations completed by November 24th or they will face termination. And it's not just United Airlines. We've got United Airlines, JetBlue, Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, all of them all of them requiring their employees to be fully vaxxed or face termination. Delta Airlines is the only one still reviewing Joe Biden's illegitimate joke of a COVID mandate that requires weekly testing or proof of vaccination. With um, um, the uh, pilot union at American Airlines, the uh, union union representative over there said that uh, at least 30% of the pilots at American Airlines were not vaccinated. So ladies and gentlemen, this Southwest pilot strike may not be the last one that we see, okay? The uh, pilots of American have until November 24th, until what, the, the day before Thanksgiving, or maybe the day, I don't know when Thanksgiving is, but I know it's around there somewhere. And all I've got to say is if, Nothing happens with Southwest between now and then. And I end up walking to Las Vegas and uh, they don't make any moves or concessions on either side. We might be looking like at a possible total shutdown of the airline industry as we know it, 30% of America airline pilots, that number makes up over 4,200 people. Who are refusing to get the vaccine? I will walk to Las Vegas if I have to. I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> I'll start tomorrow so I can get there on time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, good, to, good on the good on the pilots, you know. I mean, yeah, let me see that Gadsden flag flying, flying proudly out that window. Southwest Airlines. Hundreds more of Southwest flights were canceled after a brutal weekend of service disruption. That is nearly 2,000 Southwest flights canceled over the weekend. And that was of this past week, guys, because this is just starting, right? They had um, 365 Southwest flights canceled. And of course, they're telling the news that it has to do with uh, weather and it has to do with uh, the tower and uh, nothing to do with uh, what, what's going on here. Of course, that's what they want us to believe. But uh, as this as progressing as it's advancing as it's not going away, we've got pilots speaking out. Let's see what this one uh, pilot had to say. It'll be a rather interesting uh, thing to digest. I would have to believe he's also a veteran. hey hey hey
3: do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. I've been an airline pilot for 18 years, and now I'm facing an ultimatum, not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated, which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome, This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom, and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give into these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, We dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when what you're told to do will not fall in line with your beliefs. If we do not stand together and fight back in one voice, soon we could be told where to live, what job we will do, what religion to believe, and how many children we can have. Do you really want someone telling your children or your grandchildren what, when, and how they will live every minute of their lives? It's time we take a stance. It's time we fight for our freedom of choice while we still can. Join us. Visit usfreedomflyers.org. Help support our mission to protect and preserve our freedoms.
0: Yay! That was a pretty good video. Don't you think so, guys? I thought so, too. Apologies for the silence. (laughs) Let me dip into chat real quick because I haven't this entire show. We're uh, just about to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. We got maybe, I think we'll be out of here no later than 10 p.m. Texas time. Thanks for hopping in everybody over at Twitch, DJ ping, Deplora Laura, everyone over at clout hub and of course forever and always my friends and family over at the foxhole.app and at pill.net. Sean Joe's disco Daphne, the speak uneasy. Uh, let me see who else we got over here. Thank you for the cookie. My friend Sean Joe tombstone. Hanging out. Sorry, I'm doing a, I'm doing a scroll. I'm not reading uh, individual comments at the moment. I would love to, but you guys have been lighting it up all night long. Whiskey Blue. Ah, yes. Whiskey Blue. I see you. Pilled by the Rabbit. Solrico. Christina Fontana. Bill Tech. All right. Got lots of peeps and friends. Diversity Higher. Thank you for the phone again. And also for the cookie. Diversity hi- I mean, Pilled uh, <laughs> by the. Sean Joe and Diversity Higher. Thank you. <laughs> Casual GG2 Rivers. We got a lot of friends out there tonight. What's going on, guys? Glad you guys have Victoria. Thank you for the cookie. Thank you so much, guys. Yes. Uh, So yeah, great, great video there. Great, uh, great energy from this um, pilot, right? Former, well, a veteran standing up for um, the people of this country. Of course, where are we going? Don't go there. We're not gonna go. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) We're not going there right now, Brandon. Okay. (laughs) sorry guys oh they've got commercials for let's go Brandon. what can can i say okay so anyways good stuff good stuff and uh i think uh, i think we'll we'll i think we'll move on from there we uh got like i said we're about to wrap it up here at the c report got a few more stories they're short ones doing kind of like a, a little bit of a light touch here and there today for you guys um, so in addition to, of course, the airline industry, uh, coming to a halt, it seems, um, we, I know many people are not going to really give a hoot about this, but it appears that, uh, the Hollywood actors and all of those peoples are about to go on strike too. not strike two. They're already on strike two, but there's, they're about to also go on strike. Okay. Now the union representing film and television crews says its 60,000 members will begin a nationwide strike on Monday if it does not reach a deal that satisfies demands for fair and safe working conditions. I wonder what that could mean. You never know what that could mean with Hollywood types, right? Like they're probably gonna go on strike if the uh, pilots don't go off strike. (laughs) It's probably what these Hollywood people are gonna do. They're usually that ass backwards. It says a strike would bring a halt to filming on, Uh, on a broad swath of film and television productions and extend well beyond Hollywood, also Georgia, Um, affecting uh, productions in Georgia, New Mexico, and other North American shoots. International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees International President Matthew Loeb said on Wednesday that the strike would begin at 12.01 a.m. on Monday unless an agreement reached on rest and meal periods and pay for its lowest paid workers. Hollywood! We have pilots who are willing to put their job and livelihood on the line in order to have the freedom to decide what kind of um, medical experiments they will put in their body, and you guys want to strike over the right to have paid meal periods. (laughs) What the hell? Hollywood? 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 It does not sing, Hollywood. Okay, shit. Talk about needing to read a story before you run it on the air. (laughs) Well, I guess that's why we got Hollywood collapsing because rather than caring about, I don't know, one of their own dying two weeks after the uh, uh, was the Tony Awards super spreader, right? Was it Emmy Awards, Tony Awards? I don't know what award it was. Emmy, Tony, Oscar. Steve, Rick, Mark, I don't know who it was, but (laughs) Martin, okay, it was Martin, not Mark. But uh, yeah, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers say that they need some negotiations. See, God, what a waste of a story. Let's talk about these guys. Let's talk about these guys. And I say these guys because believe it or not, America, those are men. (laughs) Okay, so now the, the whole point to that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is that uh picture here on the screen is one Dr. Marcy Bowers, whom happens to be a world-renowned vaginoplasty specialist. Specialist. Okay. Uh, the other one pictured here, uh, that would be to uh, my right, your left, is Dr. Erica Anderson, whose name was inspired by the uh, drug-addled and highly troubled Erica Anderson. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, never mind. You got to know that. You got to get the reference. Okay. But anyways, Dr. Erica Anderson is a clinical psychologist at the University of California, San Francisco Child and Adolescent Gender Clinic. Ah, kind of gets you going where I'm going with this story, right? I wasn't joking when I said these were men, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, here's the here's the ticket. Both Dr. Marcy Bowers and Dr. Erica Anderson both um, speak for protecting children against gender, transgender surgeries. So... Worth noting, ladies and gentlemen, now the Daily Mail reported about their concerns of individuals who are transgender activists. Bower said regarding transgender activists, the ones that like to chop off or mutilate the genitals of children while they're pretending to be Batman or Wonder Woman. Uh, Dr. Bauer says um, she's not a fan not a fan of putting children in the early stages of puberty on blockers a technique that doctors increasingly use when young people say they are questioning whether or not they are batman or wonder woman and which can maintain more feminine looks for growing boys which the uh, pedophile fathers or boyfriends or stepfathers might be interested in Now, Dr. Marcy Bowers also said that the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, apparently it's called (laughs) WAPATH, not WAP, (laughs) Uh, that um, they may be intolerant of dissenting opinions. Oh, you think so, Dr. Marcy Bowers, that the World Professional Association of Transgender Health might be intolerant if you dissent against a child being abused at the hand of gender blocking chemicals or physical or surgical castrations. Now, as for Dr. Anderson, Dr. Anderson said that she had submitted an op-ed to the New York Times warning about the risks of treatment and the paper turned it down because the story was outside of their coverage priorities. New York Times, child abuse is not your priority, clearly. Now Bauer said, I think there were naivete on the part of pediatric endocrinologists who were proponents of early puberty blockage, thinking that just this magic can happen, that surgeons can do anything, that it would have absolutely no effect on a child's developmental stages. Bowers went on to say, there are definitely people who are trying to keep out anyone who doesn't absolutely buy the party line that everything should be affirming and that there's no room for dissent. Bowers said, I think that's a mistake, and that's the dude on my left, your right. The Daily Mail reported that Jennings had been on puberty blockers since the age of 11, meaning that when the time came for her surgery at the age of 17, and I apologize, it's going to be graphic here, guys and ladies. At the age of 17, her penis was not fully formed, and the operation was significantly more complicated than than if she had not been on blockers. And that might have something to do with the fact that they turn it inside out. And if it's not fully formed, well, good luck. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Nearly seven in 10 children initially diagnosed with gender dysphoria eventually outgrow it. Many become gay adults. And so the traditional views was always um, to watch waitingly. That's uh, from the Daily Mail. Now Anderson said that she feared many young people would regret their decision. Can't tell you how many I've saved from taking the chop. She said it's my it's my considered opinion that due to some of the let's see how to say it what word to choose due to some of the I'll call it sloppy sloppy healthcare work that we're going to have more young adults who will regret having gone through this process and that it is going to earn me a lot of criticism from some colleagues, but given what I see, and I'm sorry, but it's my actual experience as a psychologist, and again, this is the dude on my right, your left. She says, it's my actual experience as a psychologist treating gender variant youth. I'm worried that decisions will be made that will later be regretted by those making them. So in this upside down, mixed up, tossed up, backwards world that's ruled by some type of evil spirit, it's good to note that there are some people who are still honest in their field and are concerned and understand the importance of perhaps waiting on certain things. Oh yeah, all right, that's gonna take us, we got two final stories, we'll be done in 10 minutes. Looks like we got a flash flood warning in my area. (laughs) It's Marie Bowers, (laughs) Two Rivers. Marie Bowers, oh no, Marcy Bowers, Marcy Bowers marred C. Bowels. Funny one there. Funny one. Yes, those are men on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. They are transgender, not cross-dressers, not drag queens, and they are against the child abuse of transgender surgeries and chemicals. I thought I'd share it with you guys because that article was about to expire. Next story. This is one, this is one of the last two stories, guys, for tonight. Last two stories for tonight, and then uh, we will release you to your own devices. What do we got here? This man, this man is facing 45 charges of child sex crimes, beaten by his fellow inmates. Ladies and gentlemen, is the cr- is the price to pay sometimes? when you're serving time and you've committed such crimes. Now, this is a Texas man and he's on trial for alleged sex crimes against three children. And uh, he was reportedly assaulted upon his return to jail after the trial's recess last week. Now, the man's name is Michael Corey and he is on trial by jury for 45 charges, including sexual assault, Continuous Sex Abuse and Inducing Sexual Performance by a Child. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this article will be graphic. Now, the article continued, Wichita County Sheriff David Duke said the assault happened shortly after news coverage of the trial aired and just after Corey was taken back to his cell block which houses major felony inmates. From the video that was reviewed, it appeared three other inmates were involved and that Corey was struck more than 15 times. Duke said five detention officers responded in and under a minute and stopped the assault. Court officials reported seeing Corey with a bruise and a black eye when he was in the 30th District Court the next day. The incident is being investigated and charges were pending for the three inmates more than two years after being arrested on several sex crimes against children. Corey's trial was underway in the 30th district court that was reported by KFDX on Wednesday. Corey is currently on 10 years probation for the physical abuse of three children, three siblings, two girls and a boy, said they would do everything Corey told them to because if they didn't, their beatings would be more severe. A counselor said one girl said she exhibited symptoms of post-traumatic stress syndrome. I apologize. A counselor said one girl said abuse could occur two or three times a week over a three-year period and all three children exhibited symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. The girl said she was physically and sexually assaulted more than 20 times, and she said that she witnessed her brother being sexually abused a number of times. Meanwhile, the boy told the counselor he experienced difficulty hearing due to Corey repeatedly hitting his head, adding he was physically abused numerous times. He did not wish to speak about the sexual abuse. Poor children, guys. Poor children, this man sometimes God takes matters into His own hands, guys, and He makes three uh, jail. <laughs> he makes three jail uh, jail buddies there, just totally rack on you. Now, um, I guess a uh, a sweet side, not not even sweet. A silver lining to the story is that the jury did find Michael George Corey, not George Michael Corey, but Michael George Corey Jr. guilty of numerous child sex crimes in the 30th district court. The jury of eight women and four men took about four hours and 20 minutes to reach guilty verdicts over for over 20 charges of child sexual abuse against Michael Corey. And uh, jurors found Corey guilty on continuously sexually abusing two children and other crimes. He did not show any emotion during that verdict. May justice be served, ladies and gentlemen. Last story for the night. We're going to talk about another dick going up into space. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I kid, I kid. But it appears that William Shatner is the next to ride the O'Long Johnson, that is Bezos, uh, space contraption into, just outside the atmosphere of the uh, planet Earth, this one would be fun. William Shatner boldly went where no um, non-genarian Hollywood star has gone. I could have come up with something better than that. Come on, inside Hollywood. No, just kidding. I think this is from Breitbart. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But yes, it appears that William Shatner has boldly gone where no um, phallic shaped uh, spacecraft has gone before. Oh, wait, I take it back. Bezos already rode that hog once, right? Anyways, William Shatner, who everyone knows as the star actor of Star Trek, um, and at the age of 90, hopped on aboard Bezos' pocket rocket and shot off into space, ladies and gentlemen, as his special guest. It would be the second human flight for Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. Doesn't look so blue to me. And uh, that is, of course, the Amazon Billionaire's private aerospace company. Shatner and his fellow crewmates, um, they actually already landed, ladies and gentlemen. This trip is done and over with. I was like, ooh, is there going to be some drama? It appears not. It appears that Shatner was as happy as a little boy in a candy shop full of candy um, and uh, was uh, so thrilled. In fact, uh, as the first actor in space... Uh, You know, he has the potential to steal some of the uh, some of the steam from the first poet in space, William Shatna. Anyways, I was gonna wrap up tonight's show with uh, showing you a few moments of that launch <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and we're gonna have to call it a wrap because we definitely got a snurstorm here in Texas just kidding, It's not a snowstorm, but it's definitely a storm. It's uh, raining pretty hard over here now All right, uh, let's 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 just tickle our funny bones Let's just check this out and see what it has to show us let me get the time on it because apparently it's being difficult, 220. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and refresh that. I'm going to... Hi, ladies and gentlemen. How are y'all doing today? Welcome to the C-Report. Okay. Let's get this going. We want to see Shatner in space. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There we go. That's much better. All right. Here we go, guys. Let's let's take a look at it. We're going to close tonight's show off by watching good old Billy Shatner. Uh in space. Here he goes, he's flying off on a Jeff Bezos cock into space. It's otherwise known as the Blue Origin. Go figure.
6: There go the aft fin checks at the base of the rocket. Our astronauts can feel that they are sitting at the top of a 60 foot rocket, about 20 meters tall. T minus one minute. And there you can just see slightly there the gimbling engine at the base of the rocket. All right, everybody. Chris Boulton, Glenn breeze Audrey Collins, and William Shatner are about to go where very few humans have gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to launch this rocket, Godspeed, New Shepard. Minus ten,
2: nine, eight, seven, six five, four, command engine start, two, one,
6: on her Space with the second human spaceflight crew. What a launch. We are on our way to Max Cube, the first milestone here on its flight to space. Follow along obviously with the altimeter at the base of the screen as well as the speedometer they are gaining speed on their climb to space we have confirmed max q this is when the ma- the, the aerodynamic stresses on the vehicle were at their maximum Thank you again, everybody, for joining us live for New Shepard's second human flight with Audrey Powers, William Shatner, our customers, Glenn DeVries and Chris Bosshausen on board. They are well on their way to space so far. A nominal flight, a clean burn on our Blue Engine 3. New Shepard giving them a beautiful flight to space this morning. The rocket is climbing towards an altitude. We're aiming just over the Karman line, the internationally recognized line of space of 100 kilometers. That is about 328,000 feet. And a gorgeous view down the rocket. And now we've had main engine cutoff, the BE 3 engine has shut off. And in just a moment, we're going to separate the capsule from the booster. And at that point, our astronauts will have the opportunity to get out of their harnesses and enjoy the beauties of zero g let's wait to listen and there you can see a clean separation between the capsule and the booster And there you can see the capsule from the top of the booster. They are continuing their ascent over the Karman line. You'll know when they hit Apogee, when the speed hits zero. And there they are, over 328,000 feet, over 100 kilometers. Welcome to space. The newest astronauts on board our crew capsule. And there they are, they have hit, just about hit their Apogee at about 351,000 feet. And while we don't have Apogee, I can just imagine, Jackie, they are having the time of their lives.
0: Yeah, William Shatner doesn't say anything cool or anything like that. Like, uh, he does when he gets back to the ground. I mean, I'll bet you $5. I can tell you, generally speaking, what. Uh, never mind. <laughs> it had to do with Bezos and uh, his apparent obsession with shapes of things. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, William Shatner, good old pig in space himself. Pigs in space, saith this potato that stand before you here and today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you for hanging out with us over at the Sea Report. Fun as always, regardless of what side of the line you stand on, usually the right side of history is the good place to be but thank you thank you again ladies and gentlemen over in uh, twitch thank you for hanging out and uh chatting over there deplore laura dj ping thank you for hanging out over at uh, clout hub as always ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us over at pills.net and the foxhole.app can tell you for a fact now, I have released the scratch. And let me jump into chat real quick before I say goodnight. And thank you all. Thank you all again for all of the Gold Pill donations. You guys are amazingly generous. So much, so much, so much. I thank you. I appreciate your support. Um, as we are a viewer and listener and audience only supported broadcast here at the C Report and Mr. CTV. Let's see what we got going on here before I dip out of tonight's uh, little uh, cl- oh you know what I forgot I was gonna show you that letter you guys want to see the letter are you guys ready to go I know you got uh, you got a whole bunch of things you can go check out right now We got average Joe Patriot he just hit the block Zoso dude's running better lately's running DSN is running coffee talk with Sandra's running tell you what I'll show you guys the letter tomorrow. So you can guys can uh, you guys can go fox hopping and hanging out. Send my regards, send my love wherever you may go, ladies and gentlemen. We got a storm over here. I keep seeing uh, the speak uneasy and also uh, tech uh, always in Texas. Hey, always in Texas uh, talking about it. Yeah, we're hearing it here now. I can hear the rain. I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette as soon as I uh, end this broadcast. We'll see how it goes. CJM61. Speak Easy, Tam Growl, Sean Joe, Aurelius Lock. always great to have you. Casual Gigi Smitten Kitten, 38, Slick Shoe, Two Rivers, Cur- Curious Cat, thank you all for hanging out. Glad to have you, glad to have you, always and forever. My name is not Alyssa Edwards, but uh, still always and forever. Love to have you guys. All right, I think that does it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done with the C-Report for tonight. Don't forget, as always, check us out at thecreport.com. We're trying to update that up to the minute. You, you can for sure find up to the minute show news. Like say I'm not here one night and you're wondering why you didn't get your C fix. Well, you can go to creport.com and check out show news. You'll be able to check it out there yourself. If not, Catch us on our podcast, anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. Every podcast you listen to supports this show, and you can most definitely check it out on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Look for us, subscribe or follow. It's always free, and it helps the show. Thank you once again. Thank you, Smitten's Kittens, for that last-minute cookie. And uh, kids, don't you worry, buddy. There's always a replay. Everybody be safe out there. It's raining cats and dogs in Texas. Be safe, be safe, be safe. As always, be safe. As always, be blessed. And God bless America. We'll see y'all tomorrow.